What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It is myself and Matty D breaking down the NFL's super wildcard weekend. That's right. The NFL playoffs are here. Six games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We break them all down for you. The two games on Saturday, the three on Sunday, and Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and Tom Brady. We go through all the key matchups, everything that you need to know. We do a little college wrap-up with Georgia winning the national championship. It was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search for the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the weekend full of football. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. We are back after a week off. Obviously, a lot happened last week in the NFL, everything with Tamar Hamlin. Uh, we were busy, so we weren't, like, you know, taking a week off out of respect for him. We're glad to hear all the positive news, but we were super busy last week, wanted to, you know, rip, rip the Band-Aid off there. And we didn't announce anything on social media, so wanted to have that, but I haven't even introduced ourselves. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the encyclopedia himself, Mr. Matthew DeStefano. How are you? Oh, it is time. It is a it is upon us. The playoffs are here, baby. I've been, I mean, I've been dying to get this far. Let's be real, right? I mean, it's been... I mean, our boys have been limping a little bit, so um, it's good that they're. It's good that we're finally on the precipice, and I'm so happy, so happy that we get a week off to settle in, so I don't have to freak out in the next couple of weeks. So I'm very pumped about that. But uh, dude, could not be more excited for playoff football. Sad to see the other side of of the football season come to an end. Oh, yeah. um, Always nice, more the merrier when it comes to football. But uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. Just uh, you know, a little bittersweet in a way. Yeah. But uh, you know, just excited for the playoffs to be here. Yeah, it's obviously awesome. Whenever the NFL playoffs come around, it's great. Uh, you mentioned it though. College football wrapped up on Monday night. Um, Georgia won by a very sizable margin. I ended up seeing all of TCU seven points. I watched the first half. You and I had a hockey game, so I didn't really miss anything in the second half. Um, yeah, not really surprising to see Georgia win. We knew they were they were very good. We would have thought the same thing if our guys, the Wolverines, had got there. Another re- That was not a reason that we were not here last week. We weren't hiding from Michigan losing. But, yeah, I think as exciting as TCU was, Georgia's defense was just really good, and were, they were able to exploit – some of the weaknesses in TCU's defense is as good as it was. And anytime they made a mistake, Georgia really made him pay for it. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things I, I know. I mean, first of all, Ohio state's a great football team with a ton of pro talent on it. Right. I think you saw that on display. I think Georgia probably came in there a little too cocky to that game. People were like, Georgia's got a pedestrian defense. I'm like, they got, they, you know, you know Ohio state, Smoked them, but there's there's first round talent all over that defense, mm-hmm. and we saw that kind of come to fruition. 
um, both in the back end and the front. And they got, like I said, we talked about it when we were, you know, previewing and up and down that that defense. And then obviously offensively, they just they didn't make any mistakes. Yeah. And you mentioned they pounced on TCU mistakes, kind of what what you didn't see in the Michigan game. Like Michigan, really, in my mind, lost the game with the fumble uh, at the goal line, well, right? The two with pick some sixes. of the play calling, the two pick sixes. So they made the fumble and allowed I mean, TCU. We never talked. Uh, yes, about it. it well, should have been a touchdown. It, sh- it shouldn't have. I mean, it should have been a touchdown, right? I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. But you know, we hurt ourselves quite a bit with those plays. You're right. And You're right. Um, and so to me, we really gave it away. TCU capitalized well. And their offense got going in the second half, um, you know. But Michigan didn't own the line of scrimmage. Georgia did on both sides of the ball, you know, for whatever reason that was. Um, but you know, I'm with you. At, Georgia's the best team in college football. Granted, they they the only reason they were there was the shanked field goal, right? Yep. Not exactly a a gimme, but a shanked field goal by Ohio State. Uh, but you know, they they proved they belong. I, I know TCU got smoked. <sighs> I don't know. I still think they deserved it, you know. Yeah, they I absolutely did. I have no problem with the, the end of the, the day decision. Again, we talked yeah. about it in the preview. You, if you are an Alabama fan and you're thinking, "Oh, this would have been more exciting," you're probably right. But you had two losses. You declared the season over, and and all this different shit. We're repeating ourselves at this point. You had two losses. It was an unwritten rule that, or it still is, for another season that if you have two losses, you don't make it. And really, right. like unless TCU was in the same position as USC, then you really have an argument there. But I think you're right. They proved they should be there. They stepped up to a team that everybody thought was going to railroad them so much so that the spread was more than a touchdown. And they stepped up to the plate there and, you know, yeah. you know, everything with that, like making the championship game should be enough there. It's not like the BCS where it was, you know, they were just the best other undefeated team. Like, Notre Dame in 2012 when they got smoked by Alabama or something like that, where like, oh, it could have been better with this. Like, I don't know. But on the Bama note, did you see the clip of David Pollock calling Georgia the new dynasty and Saban looking like he wanted to smack Pollock? Uh, yes. And I think that probably Kirby Smart will see that replay and go, God damn it. <laughs> I had, you know, because you, you know he's coming back with a vengeance. Um, Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> well, let's keep it moving. Uh, it was it was bold for Pock to say, but I will say this: I mean, Saban's kind of in a little bit of a of a of a of an Alabama Nick Saban rebuild, you know. So well, we'll talk more about the, a, he went from pro oh, style no, offense to we'll the talk. spread and all that. So he he's going to figure it out, right. or at least you think they'll, they'll probably be a top five team next year. But you know, a new quarterback to break in, so you need some new weapons across the board. Georgia will be top five. Ohio State, Michigan will be up there. USC. Penn State will be up there. They've got a, a big time quarterback prospect coming in, so it'll be should be another great season next year. Uh, but we'll, I don't, I won't, I won't spend too much time there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have a whole off season to to dive into that kind of stuff. <laughs> but let's keep it moving because we were you know previewing this, and probably the title of the episode will be Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend preview, as the NFL loves to call it now. Matt, I got to ask you to lead off. What is your favorite? weekend in the nfl playoffs well i mean obviously this is a new this is essentially a new weekend to an extent right because you've got six games as opposed to four traditionally it's the third year Um, that this has happened right no yeah 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 this to me this is still the best one because you always have some really intriguing matchups you have some 
with the addition of the seventh seed, you have some hot teams that are kind of coming in, right? Um, although we can kind of half discuss that actually now that I think about it. I, I think it's, I, you know what, now that I say that out loud, one of the things I was thinking of is originally you thought it was going to be the Packers, right? As the seventh seed, they, they don't make it. And then and you thought maybe the, the seventh seed on the other side, it's kind of a lackluster Miami team that limped its way into a playoff berth with Tua being out. And so I think next weekend, not this, not this weekend, I think the first, I think the divisional matchup is probably my favorite because I think you get the best teams playing each other. Sure. Um, so I'd really see that kind of factor itself out. Um, so as much as I will thoroughly enjoy it, it's a relative, it's not zero sum. I think, I think my next weekend is my favorite. How about you? So mine is championship weekend. And I think okay. part of it, I was thinking about this. It's between, it was between next weekend or championship. I think part of it is the fact that these two weekends, as much as I love more football and I think I get, I see what argument you're going to make with the seven seeds and I'm going to defend it, defend the seven seeds, but I love more football. I love having now three days because we have the Monday night game and all that of, of watching and you know, all different stuff going on. And next week, you know, it's also Saturday, Sunday. But with championship weekend, there's just a different aura to it. A, despite the fact there's no Saturday, you kind of get that as the, you know, get right day. If you got to do some stuff, you got to go to the grocery store, you got to, you know, if you're having people over or whatever, you get ready for that. And then you get seven hours of just uninterrupted football. And granted, this Saturday, we're going to get three games in a row, which will be awesome to see or this Sunday I mean we will get three three games in a row which will be awesome don't get me wrong it's just like the regular season except it's just one game or Thanksgiving or whatever you want to call it but the championship it's just fun it's fun to see the you know the celebrations when the you know the different teams win the AFC and the NFC and it really it feels like a culmination to it the Super Bowl obviously is a lot of fun and you've obviously been to it but it is just there is a a rigmarole to it. You got to find a party to go to. You got to figure out, you know, what are you bringing to the party? If you're hosting it, you know, what do I need to buy? What do I need to do? Championship weekend is, is kind of that last hurrah of like getting together with your friends in kind of a less formal way. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's just great. And it's fun to see that final, that final rush of it, especially if the game's on NBC, like you get like the last hurrahs of the CBS and Fox crews. And it's just fun that way. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I, I think the middle two, I, middle two are my favorite too. And it's not that I don't enjoy the Super Bowl, but the, it, it can be a lot. You got to watch all yeah. the commercials, yeah, you know, and sometimes exactly. what's, the, what's the matchup. I mean, it was going to be the good one last year, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree. Sometimes the Super Bowl can almost be, almost be overwhelming. I think is, is the way I would kind of word yeah, it. That, yeah, yeah. That's probably the best word. Uh, but this weekend, so not that I don't love this weekend. And I think though, we're still feeling out the growing pains because you kind of mentioned it with the Seahawks and the and the Dolphins. And I want to get ahead of the take that happened last year. Obviously, our Eagles were the seven seed last year. Didn't play well against the Bucs. Um, who were the seven seed last year? The Raiders? And they didn't... Oh, no, they had a good game against yeah, the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Th- their game against the Bengals it was, was the Raiders, pretty good, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yes, correct. I believe yeah. so. I think so. And if not... But I remember last year seeing a lot of people being like, oh, seven teams... The seven seed doesn't need to be here, blah, 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 blah. It's more football. It's more fun. We get the right. Monday night game. And last year's Monday night game, for as much p- shit as people wanted to give, and I'm not even just being defensive because it was the Eagles, because it's been two years now since we've had the seven, or this is the third season, I should say. Last year, the Monday night game, 
stunk. If you remember that, I think Kyler Murray was hurt, and I oh think, yeah, 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 yeah. That that game against the Rams uh, Cardinals game that they thought was going to be really great. I think Matthew Stafford was just coming back because he was hurt for a little bit, and that game was awful. I think the the LA defense played really well because they were very good last year, but this year we got some really good matchups, and yes, the Seahawks really limp their way into the playoffs. And I was hoping they'd lose to the Lions Packers meant it obviously meant a lot to Detroit to sweep Aaron Rodgers, And they had the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers maybe last game at Lambeau and all that, but it would have been fun to see the lions in there. Cause they were the hottest team of the potential seven seeds, but still we have the opportunity now of divisional rivals playing in the, in that first game. And it, it you know, it should be fun. The, Miami Buffalo game we saw a couple weeks ago. So I'm not as excited for that. It's obviously the largest spread. So one o'clock on Sunday, you know, stuffing it away. But I don't know the Seattle San Francisco game. I wouldn't write off just as a San Francisco is going to going to kill them. I still think they win, but it's divisional game. Two teams that don't really like each other. You know, all the rigmarole and cliches you want to throw there. I don't know. You give your take, though, because I think you you had the opposite take on the seven seater. At least that's what I read. Well, it just it seems so far that uh, you know, this year it was two teams that limped in, right? Yeah. Because of injuries for a lot of I mean, maybe not Seattle. Seattle probably is out, outplayed itself a little bit, right? This year, yeah, we thought there were um, only three yeah, games, right? And as opposed to like the Packers, who you would have been must see, or the Lions would have obviously been must see, you know, kind of TV. I think the AFC is a little weaker there because. You know, Miami's more exciting than the Patriots or the Steelers would have been. Obviously, though, Tua being injured is, is just a big deal. Um, and so I think for whatever reason, it's just a slightly weaker uh, seven seed. Now, that may not last and forever. And the six seeds, right? much better. So that's the other thing I was going to say is I think the Giants, to an extent, again, kind of outplayed their, their out, like played better than their talent level. Yeah. Um, and, well. The Ravens, I guess. So the Ravens' problem is. It's injury related, right? Yeah, the it's the issue with related. the Ravens. He's out right, though, right? That, Didn't it come out today that Lamar's not playing? Well, he's not practicing. Well, he's not Two practicing. is out for sure. Okay. And but the problem is neither is Huntley, their backup. So they might be down. They might end up being down to a third string quarterback. Now that's just the Ravens have legitimately been a pretty good team. They're very well coached, as we know. Defensively, they've been really good. Um you know that but that all hurts them, obviously. Yeah. Um and so yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to to see how that game goes at all. I think you know the one thing, it's divisional matchup. To your point, they know each other pretty well, and the Ravens are still really talented as a team. So, um, but no, I mean you're not wrong. I mean that both six seeds, both six and seven seeds, kind of are not as exciting of a team as some of the guys that didn't make it, but they've earned it. So, you know that part, I can't disagree with that part, right? Well, there so, were teams they've that done were, a great job there. There were teams that were in this in similar positions including one that shares a stadium with a, with one of the playoff teams that completely fell off the rails. So good for these right. teams that, you know, at least limp their way into there. And again, this is not an Eagles tangent we're going to go on, although we'll, we'll talk a little birds at the end of this. Of course, um, of course. I guess we should go game through game. I wanted to make yeah. the general point on, you know, just the, on the seeds themselves. Cause I want to defend it. It's more football. It's more fun. I'm planning my weekend throughout all this where, you know, getting more, we're getting the house more baby proofed and all that. And Emily wants to do stuff on Sunday. And I said, well, the game start at one. Do you care if I do my stuff on Saturday? And she's like, go for it. So, you know, that is my weekend because the first game, Seattle, San Francisco is not until four thirty. which 
I guess makes sense of when these games have always been, when it was just four games. For whatever reason, I thought it would like I thought maybe the Saturday game was at one, but we've always had a Saturday night game in the in the old wild card format. But this the Seattle San Francisco game, I mentioned it before, and we've said it with a couple different couple different of these lower seeded games. Divisional divisional teams, obviously Seattle is in a interesting position because they really started to the water started to find its level, and San Francisco continues to excel and, and look better and better, especially defensively. But Matt, what do you, what is your take on this game of seeing, thinking of what we're going to get from Brock Purdy's first playoff start to Geno Smith, you know, making an appearance in the playoffs. And is it possible that we have another Saturday Seattle surprise a la, you know, the beast quake? Yeah. I mean, I know San Francisco's a super trendy pick, and they scare me more, way more than you know any other team in the NFC um, that we could face as an Eagles fan. I think they're really talented, which we already knew, right? They've been riding really high, and sometimes you know, like it almost worries you, right? But they went through some troubles earlier in the season. Like things haven't been perfect for them, obviously, um, and so you know, um, it's hard to beat a team three times. It really is. You know, the difference is. Seattle defensively to me, they've got a couple pieces that I like, but overall I'm not blown away, you know, with them defensively. They don't have an elite pass rush. They've got a couple of linebackers that are okay. You know, um, I just, I just think San Francisco is going to be, should be able to outmuscle these guys um, for a victory. Right. And and I think that's going to be really tough um, for Seattle, especially on the road. So as much as I want to pick an upset here, both as an Eagles fan, because I want to play the 49ers, but, but also as a, you know, as a football fan, I, I still think 49ers get it done. Yeah. Right. Like if we did our, you know, full on Super Bowl esque preview of this, where we went position by position, you're checking a lot more boxes on the San Francisco side. When you look at position groups, just, you know, as exciting as Kenneth Walker's been throughout this year, right? I guess at times he's gone by Ken, so, you know, whatever he wants to be called. Weird, but, like, but yeah. Christian McCaffrey, a lot better. He's just so dynamic and fits into that into that offense so well, almost like, like you know, a Madden fantasy team type of deal. And that, you know, yeah. even the Purdy-Smith comparison, whatever you want to think of that, it's Smith going against the, the 49ers defense and a Seattle defense to steal a point you've been making throughout this season. It's not the Legion of Boom. It's... You know, a little, a little, little less of a boom. It's a little, little whisper, little whisper. I, I added yeah, earlier too. No, exactly. But yeah, like it, it's <laughs> as simple as a take as that is, and maybe it is less than nine and a half points. Maybe not. You know, last week this 49ers, all they needed to do was win. You thought maybe they would, you know, take the foot off the gas a little bit in the second half, and they didn't against a Cardinals team that was, you know, all sorts of messed up throughout this year, firing their coach. You know, everything with the quarterback stuff, injuries, all that different stuff. And it, this could be a real, real tough game. It's it's the good stowaway on the Saturday afternoon game. I would have, maybe not with the Bengals, but maybe st- sneak them in. I guess with Buffalo, Miami, you could have maybe thought throw them in there. But probably with, you know, everything with Tamar Hamlin, giving them and giving Miami a little bit less of a break might have been a bad idea, but... You know, this is probably the good one to stuff away because it might be the, despite not being yeah. the largest spread, I, I, 
might be the largest margin of victory. Yeah. I, I will say this. I, I do think the one weakness of the 49ers defense, and it's not a big one, their secondary I don't think is is they've got a good safety, but I, I don't know if they have the best corners in football, right? Okay. And now they've got an elite up. The pass rush is off the charts. Their linebackers are led by Fred Warner are as good as it could possibly get. So like, I'm not disagreeing with any of those porch points, but sometimes I, I wonder if, if a Tyler Lockett and a DK Metcalf, could they do some damage because they don't need a ton of time, right. Uh, to get open. That that's maybe the only thing I can think of that could maybe, you know, be an opportunity for this team. Um, to, AJ to McCarthy steal throw one. it up and pray. Yes, very similar to that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, I still think the 49ers have it. I think they're better team. Yeah, so we'll keep it rolling to a game that I'm incredibly excited. Jags on Saturday night again, hosting the Chargers. The line has since moved since the last time I looked at it. It's now Chargers minus two. It was minus one earlier today. Mm, okay, but still a game I am very excited to watch two teams that obviously the Jaguars red hot, but the chargers in the last couple weeks, as they've gotten healthier, have started to figure it out. This game over under set at 47 and a half, which you'd think of with the chargers, but at times you wouldn't have thought of with the Jags, especially the last time they met and the chargers were banged up, but defensively they played pretty well. Now, Matt, what do you see out of this game? Well, I don't know if Jacksonville has an elite home field advantage like I think some of the other teams do in the NFL for whatever reason. There's a reason they go to London constantly, and it's not a shot at the city. It's just it is what it is. It's Florida their team. Owner, their owner sends them there. Correct. So I don't know. I don't know if they have a great home field advantage. They are playing with house money. Obviously, they're red hot right now, too. Um, I, I also think it's tough. They're, the Chargers are stuck traveling all the way across the country you know it's not like they're they're lucky enough you know they're literally going almost as far as you can go from one side of the country to the other um granted the chargers really haven't played in front of home fans either there's a shot at you know la teams but i think both teams are immensely talented to me it comes down to and this is my i want to pick this as an upset because the coaching staff of the chargers i mean of the jaguars excuse me led by doug peterson they've been here before right He's been to the playoffs. He knows how to get his guys ready. Herbert and Lawrence have zero playoff experience between them. So it's a great matchup in that regard. We know there's a ton of talent, but the injury to Mike Williams for Justin Herbert is very concerning. That's important to me. They're really not deep at the wide receiver position at all. Um, And they're not exactly a, a run heavy team, you know, so that certainly is a concern. Now I think their defense is a step above the Jaguars. But the Jaguars have a couple guys playing kind of above themselves right now. Jo- the, the defensive end, Josh Allen, has been really good for them. Maybe the quietest first-round pick ever. Tamar Walker's been playing well for them. So I like the Jaguars here. I'm very torn. I think it's a really close game. But I, I'm in on the Jags here. It's not necessarily a shot at Justin Herbert. I still think he's a really good quarterback. Um, but they haven't proven anything to me, Right. And we just watched the Jaguars win a must-win game. I know it was against a third-string quarterback, but I guess a divisional opponent, and they took care of business. So I'm going to pick the maybe one of the trendier upsets. I like the Jaguars here, um, but I could see it going either way. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable betting on this game. 
Yeah, I um I feel a little more confident in the Jags, partially because okay. of the wide receiver depth. Defensively, I think the Jags are are the the Chargers can stifle it. I think this is a pretty low scoring game. That's why I was trying to set you up with the over. But I think it's gonna be fairly low scoring, and I think you're right. In that knockdown drag him out game that the Jags had to win, they pulled it out and they pulled it out late with some pretty crucial defensive plays, and their defense really stepped it up. Again, you're, you're right. They were playing a third-string quarterback, but they still were you know, getting Derrick Henry ready after a week off and or getting him, getting him stuck after a week off. And I think this team can zone in on that, on a Keenan Allen, on an Austin Eckler. And I think a big part of this, too, you mentioned coaching. Obviously, big balls, Doug. That's what we remember with, within Philadelphia. Brandon Staley's not too far behind him. He goes for it on fourth down a ton. And I like the pressure, those high leverage situations that the Jaguars defense has had to step up against in the last couple weeks. So I, I really like them here. And, you know, I feel I f- feel a little more confident in this than than I think you do. Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, I just, you know, whenever, whenever you have a great quarterback, a quarterback with the ability on either side, like these two do, it's, it's, it's hard to assume it's going to be a, a bloodbath. It's hard, it's hard for me to just be confident because, sure. you know, Herbert, uh, you know, both these guys and, and, and Lawrence has proven it this year with why he was the number one overall pick, but both of these guys are elite talents in the NFL Absolutely, and can go off. And that's what makes it such a good game. Like this is a game I want to see. Also didn't watch a ton of Jags football this year. I, I watched them play the Eagles, but, yeah, I watched them here or there, but the, and I watched them beat the Cowboys, but they, they they had some scuffles. So I think it's a great game. I think it's one of the best matchups of the weekend. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard somewhere that the Jaguars haven't been on Sunday night football in – I forget what the year was, but it's been a really long time since they've been on wow. there. And that's part of why we haven't watched a ton of them. Even that even that uh, Dallas win, I, I only saw the interception, the pick six. To end the game again, another high leverage situation. The Jaguars stepped up big in um, because the Eagles were playing the Bears, and Fox didn't change it over. I don't have red zone, so <laughs> you know. To your point, we haven't watched a ton of them, but we've seen those highlights, and it's kind of crazy that this team had almost a J type of season. Of they started off high, they were two and zero and played the Eagles and got a little trounced in the wet in the rain and all that. And then people were really knocking them. They were starting to knock the Eagles for beating the Jags. And then obviously just winning five in a row to win and to win the division, the, the Titans, another one of those teams that was right in there, you know, the Jets is who I was referring to before with uh, the Sherry in the stadium with the Giants, but the, the Titans obviously with all that. So I don't know this, this, I agree with you though. This is a game I'm looking forward to the most. I think this and Monday night are probably the two, I have double circled as games I need to drop everything and watch. But it's, again, it's more football. It's more exciting. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, let's move to Sunday. So we mentioned it. Three games on Sunday. We got the Dolphins and the Bills, followed by the Giants and the Vikings, and then the Ravens and Bengals to wrap up the day. Two divisional games. Also, I love... Then my mind went completely blank earlier on the uh, Sunday night football take. Just a little, little quick cleanup on that for anybody that's keeping score at home, which you know some people do. Some people do. No, no hard feelings. You know, got to keep us accountable. And part of my delay in going into the first game, we mentioned it before. Uh, Dolphins and the Bills. We saw this in prime time a couple weeks ago. Matt, are we going to see fake snowballs be thrown on the field at this game? <laughs> 
I, I you know, again, this is a this is a game that if if the Dolphins have Tua, who I I'm not uh, sold on at all, but I think he's better than Teddy Bridgewater. And that's I mean, yeah, I think Teddy's a decent backup, but this is a playoff game against a fate a, a Super Bowl favorite. I think this is a great game. Sadly, I I don't see it being a great game because I, I don't know if the Dolphins can hang offensively and they're going to have to because their defense has been a little injury ridden but also has struggled um you know quite a bit so um i think we're going to see snowballs i think the bills defense is better than we think of them as and i, I think this is a, a, a not a not a cruise win because it's a divisional game yeah but i think the bills continue their march for what you know their goals are this season um yeah well i think a couple things right on the bills defense they've been getting sneakily healthier and healthier. And I feel like the big name Von Miller obviously being out is like what you think of when you think of the bills and their injuries, but like there are other players they've gotten their corners back and they've gotten, you know, other key pieces to it. And and obviously Von Miller brings a lot to the pass rush, but it's still pretty good without him. It was still good last year. And that's basically what we're looking at in this. And again, like you said, with no Tua, it's tough to think like that Teddy Bridgewater really gets the job done with, you know, with the weapons that he has, that he has. Um, It's just, it's tough to think. And the bills finally have started to like really get a running game going outside of Josh Allen. It's just, it's a 13 point spread divisional game. Like you said, and uh, spready Bridgewater is where, where I heard him on a, on a different podcast of talking about him on the road and how good he is at covering spreads. Maybe they do that because it's a divisional game. Maybe it's not as many points as we think, although 43 and a half for the Bills offense, which at times I know like the different receivers and Josh Allen's gotten Dawson Knox involved and, and all this different stuff. Like Stefan Diggs hasn't had the blow up game that he had that he's had a plenty of in his Bills career. And he had at the beginning of beginning of the season. He hasn't won, had one of those in a little bit, but it's just hard to not see, especially after the emotion of last week, that that doesn't carry over into this game. I know that's not, you know, groundbreaking analysis and it might be kind of cliche to say, but I don't know that that place was vibing last week. We watched that entire Patriots game partially because it was the only game on, but we also had a Patriot fan with us to watch the game. And it was just, it was cool to see the, the two different return uh, kick returns for touchdowns and just like how crazy they were going for all this. It's hard not to see that combined with Bill's mafia in the playoffs being a humongous factor here. Jokes aside about, you know, Mike McDaniel and the snowballs and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned an interesting point, though. And now, I think there's a chance, by the way, and I hope this is true, that DeMar makes an appearance at this game. That'd be I awesome. Could see it happening. That'd be really cool. That being said, objectively, sometimes they've had a lot going on of late. That That's could true. come That's back true. to. Like it could, it could almost be, it could almost come off of the emotional roller coaster, right? So that that worries me just a little bit. Um, something that they need to be be aware of, and like you know, make you sure and they Greg, don't come out stale. <laughs> I'd like to hear you and Greg go against each other on the play for this. Like Greg, before we found out the Astros were cheating, was really in on them with the Houston floods and obviously 2013 with the Red Sox. Oh, okay, so he's probably. Yeah. If Greg, if they weren't in the AFC East, Greg might be all in on you know Buffalo. Do it. He might. He might be now. He might be fine with it since the Patriots aren't in it. But I'd love to hear that debate. Considering some of the debates I've gotten you guys going, that would be an interesting <laughs> one. Would be intriguing. Yeah, 
I, I, I sometimes, again, I, I like the initial push, right, depending on when it happens. But, you know, emotions matter. And this is the NFL. As talented as the Bills are, the, the Dolphins are going to put 22 players in the field either side of the ball that are, are the best of the best. So it's not like this isn't college. Um, sure. You know, these are still super talented teams. But I still like the Bills here um, staying chalk on this one. Yeah, and to, and to your point of emotions, I was about to make a point that I've made a lot in our hockey playoff previews, particularly with a, a team neither of us likes, but I keep thinking is going to win playoff series, and they don't, um, of the revenge factor, right, of the Bills. They want nothing more than to play the Chiefs, and they need to be wary of that because more likely than not, we'll talk about you know the, the wrap-up of Sunday in a little bit here, but you know, they – they want to get to Kansas City, and maybe this is a point to save for next week, so put a pin in it. But they they want nothing more than to avenge last year's overtime loss. It's about to call it a blunder, but it's the rule. It's the rule of the NFL and, and all of that. Did they change it this year? That they is that important to note? Didn't they change it so that both teams will get offensive possessions regardless if there's a touchdown? Correct. Yes, they, for the playoffs only. Correct. Yeah, yep. Playoffs only. Yeah, so but but they want nothing more. But maybe that's a point for later. So and I've been wrong with that about a certain team that's also from Pennsylvania that I keep <laughs> thinking is going to win playoff series and they don't. Um, but let's keep moving to another rival of a Philadelphia team, the New York Giants, visiting the Minnesota Vikings. And Matt, as much as you were talking about the Giants limping into the playoffs, they are only a three-point underdog to the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings weren't the team that we despise that lost last week. Yeah, interesting. I obviously have been out in the Vikings all year. Um, defensively, I just think they've got, they've got really no talent defensively. Like that's probably the best way I can put it. They actually have some names, right? Jordan Hicks, Kendricks is on that team. Yep. Eric Kendricks, not, not the former Kendricks, Eagle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Patrick Peterson is in the secondary. He came back. I mean, they, they have some some names but it's really names i mean that's these guys are they're all vets they're kind of shells of themselves um and and now offensively you know they're they're as good as it gets from a skill position standpoint but their offensive line's been a little dinged up so i get why the giants are closer in this game it'll just be can they stop justin jefferson I, i don't know the answer to that question i mean he's that good so it'll be it'll be intriguing to watch yeah, I mean, that's the if ands, or buts about it, right? Is what factor does Justin Jefferson have in this game? And he is everything. And the fact that as much as I really don't like Kirk Cousins and by extension the Minnesota Vikings, um, you know, he does a good job of finding another target that gets surprisingly good games, right? Like, couple weeks ago was probably a couple months ago now at this point it was KJ Osborne and then Adam Thielen's had a couple good games and then TJ Hawkinson's had a couple good games down the stretch that opens it up a little more for Jefferson and the incredible things that he can do and I think what will behoove the Giants because we have not talked about them offensively is that if Jefferson's having one of those games which he's had a lot of those games you know huge offensive numbers a ton of yards a couple tutties what are the Giants going to do to keep up with that? I know they rested Daniel Jones. They rested Saquon Barkley. But what really are they going to try to do to match that? Because at a certain point, you know, running both of them can only get you so far. And 
you know, trying to think that out. Like, is Darius Slayton going to beat this team? And, you know, their defensive problems aside, the Vikings' defensive problems, you know, we haven't seen it in the air for the Giants a ton. So this is a really interesting one that maybe it's, you know, I'd love to see the line movement on this. I, I know I say that a ton. But this really is something that maybe, you know, people are just really down on the Vikings and it's kept this line low. But it feels like there's a disconnect between that and what we've seen out of these two teams. You know, the Vikings, they obviously beat up on the Bears last week, and and that's all good and dandy for them. But, you know, still, it just feels like they are still a step above, and a step above is more than three points in a betting spread. Yeah, I think that's what is interesting to me is, like, you know, the Giants, the coaching staff has just been tremendous. I mean, we're we're in trouble as Eagles fans that Brian Dable is going to get talent on that team, but they have so little weapons through the air. Um, it's going to come down to Saquon, who has had actually a really good season, but has been dinged up um, a number of times. Uh, it's kind of slowed him a little bit. So my question is, how are the Giants scoring? Um, they're such a trendy, you know, a trendy pick for the upset here that I, I'm actually reverting back and picking the Vikings in this game. Damn I think it. they score. I think it's a, it's a they, so oh I took your pick uh, well I'm t- I'm sticking with the chalk on the Vikings too which means so far in the NFC I'm I'm all chalk and actually in the AFC we haven't gotten through it yet but I'm, I'm I have not picked an upset uh yeah because te- well seeding wise to be clear seeding here wise. I have not picked an upset yet seeding wise we have not and it's important to note somebody figured this out because the Cowboys and the Bucks play on Sunday night football or Monday night football that more likely than not, if both the 49ers and Vikings win, then they'll likely play next Saturday in the divisional round and the Eagles will play Sunday, which for me, because I'm going to be away, I'm going to be in Chicago next weekend and traveling on Sunday night at 5 p.m. Central time, so 6 p.m. here, I would really like for the Eagles to be on Saturday and... (laughs) I just don't see it. I'd love for the Giants to pull this out. And I know, again, going back to the emotion thing, they want nothing more than to avenge Christmas Eve. They should have won that game. But I just don't see it. That game got all sorts of wild. We saw some crazy numbers and crazy runs. And the difference maker there was Justin Jefferson. So it just it, it feels right to go with the chalk here. We're probably going chalk on the next game as well. We'll we'll talk about that in a few seconds. But this game, it, I try to wrap my mind around what the Giants can do. And, like, just thinking about the two games, like, the game the Eagles had against the Giants where A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were going off. Justin Jefferson and pick a receiver, whoever you want, and I'm including Hawkinson in that, can easily repeat that same type of performance against this Giants defense that – when they get punched in the mouth, they don't really respond very well. Yeah, right. And that, yeah, I still think they have the firepower, uh, you know, to your point. And I, I don't know. I'm not a Vikings guy. Um, but yeah, don't, don't see it. We'll save it for the, we'll save it for next week of us getting our sweet, sweet vengeance with the 49ers. Although if the upset happens and the Eagles pull it out next week, you know, who knows? Um, might be, might be a better situation. Vikings come to Philly again, NFC championship. Love to see them try to do the skull on the Rocky steps. That'd be hilarious. But oh my God, let's please. get there. Yep. Let, let's get there first. 
Um, yeah, so the Sunday, or Sunday night finale, Ravens and the Bengals, a game some people thought might have been last Sunday night's game, although the Lions, just great fucking effort on their part in that win. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about this Ravens-Cincinnati game. Obviously played a week ago, and Cincinnati really had a, a tremendous performance there of offensively just immediately hit the ground running. And then the defense continually, as the year has gone on, has stepped up and obviously had the defensive touchdown to really put the exclamation point on it. And then, you know, they took their foot off the gas, but they didn't need to really still have the pedal to the metal. Is that the right way to put the last week's game in the rearview mirror? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this, yes, I would agree. Um, and we, we talked about, I mean, we have, no, we didn't really talk about it. We talked about it off, off air, um, you know, about kind of Lamar and his injury history. And this game is that there could be a third string, you know, a third string quarterback in for the, for the Ravens against the Bengals team that against a really good Ravens defense is, is still going to be able to move the ball. Yeah. Although they haven't run the ball particularly great of recent, but Joe Burrow, there's a reason you're not taking phone calls on Joe Burrow. Right. And this is one Ew. of them. He is just that good. And his offense is so explosive. So very little concern um, for me. It's a divisional game, so that matters. Again, we've got a lot of them, um, but I still think the Bengals are too talented in this round to uh, to not advance, Yeah, to stay in chalk. But I, the, I, if, if Lamar was playing, by the way, I would switch my pick. Really? If healthily play. Yes. Wow. Why? And because it's you think just hard just how much he makes a difference there? Yes. I mean, he is the entire – I mean, to me, in my mind, like – Dobbins hasn't looked the same coming back. They don't have a ton of weapons. I yeah, like Mark Andrews a lot, by the way, but they're not. Ooh. Yep, they're not hyper explosive. Um, Lamar is the trigger there for them, right? I mean, he's that's why he was an unanimous MVP. Um, he just can't stay healthy, right? And that's the problem. So that's kind of where I fall with him. Yep. Yeah, um, I probably would disagree if Lamar were healthy, just because. Okay. I get your points on the running, and that is big with this Ravens defense, which is why this line is intriguing of Ravens plus eight and a half. But I think what we've seen it, right, of when Jamar Chase was out, and obviously T. Higgins had a little run in there, but Jamar Chase is the difference maker on this team. He and Joe Burrow, obviously the LSU connection and all that stuff, but that's his favorite target, and he does stuff that – Jefferson, that A.J. Brown, and at times Devontae Smith for us. But, uh, you know, when he's running the correct route, C.D. Lamb, or, you know, when Antonio Brown was so good, like that over-the-top type of player, and and that's what Jamar Chase brings to the table. And then you add in, you know, a Higgins or a Boyd, if Boyd's getting any targets because he's been a fantasy nightmare. Not that that matters. Fantasy season's over, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, even like a Hayden Hurst, who's a really good blocking tight end, who – sometimes catches touchdowns and, and makes a little bit of a red zone difference. But I do get that running point. It, it makes this game very interesting. It's the lowest total. And I think part of that is the quarterback stuff. So if you think that Cincinnati can really take it to Baltimore in this game, or that maybe Lamar plays, you know, get it now before it goes up. But this game does get really, really interesting if he does. But again, it's, I just don't see the I don't like too deep. I feel like the defenses are almost a wash, and I don't see a way that the Bengals don't pull it out here. I feel like they want to, they want to. I'm, like, I'm talking myself out of this almost of 
that they want to look ahead and play the Bills again. Super Bowl struggle, but no, I know you're right. I mean, it's tough. But I go back to the fact that I mean, again, I love Joe Burrow. I'm a huge fan. I think he might be my second quarterback behind Mahomes in this league. I I, I just love he just brings it all to the table. Yeah, to your Super Bowl point though, why did they have a lesser game in that game comparatively to the other three games they played in the playoffs? Cooper Cup. That was the difference. Did the Ravens have a Cooper Cup? Well, yeah. No. Yeah, that's the point. Not right now. No, right. Bateman's yet. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't. Right. It's been yeah. a struggle of theirs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even if Lamar's playing, they can key in on that. You're smart enough now. And I, you know, you say this about, you can say this about Lamar. You can say this about Mahomes. And everybody has a plan until they punch in the mouth. But you can plan to have a quarterback spy and find that, you know, find those areas. But without a Cooper Cup type of receiver, it's hard to try to really think that even if Lamar's playing, that they're going to win this. So I'm glad we got a little debate in here. It's just it's fun. Fun to get the muscles rolling. But should we move on to the final game, Monday night? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we covered it. Never mind. Yes, go, 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 go. Sorry. It's important to note. Went backwards in my brain. Despite being an underdog. Tom Brady is undefeated in his career against the Dallas Cowboys. Matt, does he remain undefeated on Tuesday? Yes, with a period. My 100%. Man. My man. I and and I want to I want to make it as objective as possible here. For so those for those there. that are that um, are surprised that we both are picking the Bucks here and we aren't going to debate this, you shouldn't be surprised. We both fucking hate the Cowboys. Yeah. And well, you know, I'm also a huge Tom Brady fan. I'm a, yes, you I admit, are. I'll admit that in public any day. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I've watched a ton, a too many of uh, too many Bucks games where he is. They've struggled this year, but it's not it's not the velocity of his ball, right? He's not throwing a worse football. A um, couple things. This Bucks defense is very good. They have great linebackers. It's getting healthier. Udavea in the middle. They're getting healthier. Thank you. Yes. They've got some big safeties and corners who can play. They've been here before. So I think they can slow down this run game. I think Levante David and Devin White can help against a Tony Pollard, and that's going to make this team a little more one-dimensional, and that's where I really think they're going to have some success. Dak has been a turnover machine. Only Davis Mills has more interceptions, and and Dak didn't even play the whole season. So you know I'm concerned about them offensively, and this is, to me, a Tom Brady – this is a game where he kind of gets it back on track. You can beat the Cowboys over the top. Their corners have struggled. Their safeties aren't great in coverage. And you've got Mike Evans, who has totally turned it on and is a, I think people are reminding people that he is at first a top 10 receiver in this league. I mean, he is a nightmare matchup. Um, he is what everyone wants Mike Williams to be of the Chargers, right? I mean, deep ball threat, can go get it from anybody, super tall and athletic. Chris Godwin has played much better of late. Their tight ends have come. And Rashad White, the pass-catching running back, has been a revelation for them. So healthier with Tom Brady. We know is motivated. I'm staying chalk. I think they can take care of – I think they take I think they take care of business in a great game, but against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and, I, and, and for those reasons. But I, I really like this Tampa Bay defense right now. I think they've gelled. Um, and I'm slightly nervous because, quite frankly – do you want to play Tom Brady in a playoff game? I don't care what you say. My answer is no. We forget last year 
he how close they came to, to go into the Super Bowl. They came a Cooper Cup away from going to the Super Bowl. I mean, literally, that's how good they were last year. So this, and they've they've got some deficiencies. They don't run the ball well. They don't they don't they're not they don't have a good slot receiver for Brady to dump the ball off to. Their offensive line has been leaky. Brady hasn't made great decisions a couple times. Hasn't got made fast enough decisions a couple times. But you know, I say all that, and I go back to this is Tom Brady. There's a ton of talent defensively for this team. Their pass rush is getting better. I, I like him in this game, um, and I think they're I think they're they're a dangerous fourth seed. Very much so. I, I agree with that. Um, as for do I want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs? I mean, you want to res- you know all respect to the goat, right? As right. a no, would I rather play the Bucks versus the Cowboys? I frankly, I'd, I'd like to play the Cowboys again and just shut them up. But I don't know. Yeah. It, that's a conversation for next week. Your Mike Evans point. Mike Evans has had has eclipsed now 10,000 receiving yards. He's had 1,000 yards every single season. And I feel like he missed more time in his career. But no, the least amount of games he's ever played was in 2019. He played 13 games, 13 of 16, when they still played 16. He missed two games this year. And I feel like that's why I think he missed more time in his career. But what an incredible career the guy has had. And it felt like this year was a down year. He had more yards this year than he's had in the last three seasons. Just See, I'm telling you, I mean, he's he's a really good player. He's really he's good. A number of plays called back for not ticky tack penalties, but penalties. I mean, this is just they're a good team. Uh, they make me I'm not saying that I'm nervous to play them. I'm nervous to play anybody. It's the playoffs, but um, yeah, they got a really good shot. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's also worth noting, you mentioned a Cooper Cup away from going to the Super Bowl. It was the divisional round that they lost in to the Rams. And then the Rams beat the 49ers oh, okay. in the NFC Championship game. But, oh, you're right. But yeah. But it was, the, um, it was a heck of a – I mean, that was a great game. Yeah, it was a great game. And that uh, NFC Championship game ended up being actually pretty good. The 49ers took it to OT and all that. But, uh, you know, it, it that is worth noting. Just a little cleanup there. Now, obviously, we hate the Cowboys. It's worth noting – Everything you said about Dak turning the ball over, I mean, that's clearly the keys to this game for the Cowboys. Can Mike McCarthy be conservative enough with his play calling? And a lot of that comes down to the usage and how much he mixes in both running backs, both in terms of run-to-pass call percentage and as well of sharing the ball between the two of them. And I think that and and... Dak not turning it over against a defense that honestly made him look and you know, they obviously hurt his hand in the first game, but they, they made him look pretty bad before he got hurt. And I think there's a revenge factor there. Obviously that was in Jerry world. Now it's in Tampa Bay. It's a game that is going to be really fun to watch partially because it either reaffirms, you know, our thoughts about the Cowboys and everything, although playing Tom Brady in the playoffs is nerve wracking or you get the, presumably given our picks here, you get the Eagles Cowboys rematch that everybody's been waiting for with both quarterbacks healthy and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's a really intriguing matchup from there. And obviously I'm going with Tampa Bay here because I want to see Jerry just be upset another year, Mike McCarthy making dumb decisions in the playoffs, all the, the different things that I've been saying all season, but if the Cowboys win this, I wouldn't be surprised to see them have a game where 
CeeDee Lamb is locked in. He's running good routes. He's, you know, getting a ton of yards after the catch, blah, blah, blah. All of that. A Dalton Schultz game that maybe breaks up a little bit of that linebacking core. That's a little bit, I think, of, of what they might need to do of some of those five and outs, five and ins, you know, quick slant and, you know, post routes, you know, and all that different stuff. I'm not going to just name off different types of routes here, but different ways to try to spread that out yeah. to open it up for Tony Pollard, particularly Tony Pollard. Zeke, I've, you know, we've gone over different stats and all of that, but I feel like getting Tony Pollard involved in that, you know, screen plays that really gashed the Eagles a little bit in that Christmas game. And when they are gaining a ton of yards and getting him involved in that way, you need to be able to open it up. So getting guys, you know, a number of the different guys that you, that you just listed, a Vea, a David, guys that are pretty good in that, in the flat coverage, getting them a little more on their heels is probably the keys to victory for the Cowboys. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think the middle of the field is a big, a big portion Dalton Schultz, who has had a good season, but not a great season for them. A couple injuries here or there is going to be a huge factor, I think, as well, um, you know, for them. Um, yeah, because I, uh, I think they've got a, I think they've got enough corner help the, to, like, limit C.D. Lamb a little bit. And then I'm not, not afraid of anybody else. I know T.Y. Hilton converted a third and 30. I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the one thing, though, kind of going against the Cowboys that's concerning is – What's his face? Trayvon Diggs. If he tries to get to Asante Samuel and jumping routes, Mike Evans, Godwin, whoever's whoever he's put on is going to absolutely murder him in that way. You need to be a little more conservative yes. with that Dallas defense. You can't be trying to force turnovers because Tom Brady's smart and he's going to try to start to exploit that. I would agree there. I think that's a huge point. And, and uh, yeah. I mean, he's gonna just—he's probably licking his chops to play, uh, to play um, Trayvon Diggs. Just yeah. could pump fake the crap out of him or something. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Very Asante dangerous. Samuel was his teammate forever, and he—he he basically is Asante <laughs> Samuel 2.0, and Asante Samuel's kid plays in the NFL. Yes. Which you know, I, the Chargers, who, who maybe yeah, I should have picked them. I'm back and forth here. I'm back and forth here. Anyway. To circle it back. I, I picked all chalk, Jordy. I picked all chalk. I'm, I'm scared. Go ahead. Technically, we picked an underdog. We picked the Jaguars, but, yeah. Yeah, but I know. I know. I can I can make a graphic and say, if I'm Lamar's like, healthy, he picks Baltimore. <laughs> Do that for the Instagram. Finally, uh, really use our socials. Um, oh, circling back to college, <laughs> though, how much do you think the Chargers yeah. are trying to get uh, LT's nephew? Like, do you think they make some sort of weird uh, Sedin twins trade? If he wherever but he I don't know if they, I, I I think they need to go in a different direction depending on where they where they yeah. want to pick him. If he's a first rounder, I don't think they take him, but that would be cool to have. I'm in for that. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. He's a good player. I I would take one Eagles because Maddox can't stay healthy. I want Maddox to stay healthy. By the way, I love Maddox, but anyway, yeah, he did have the much different conversation though, early in the first quarter. Oh, he did. Yes, correct. Yeah. But but, but still, know, he's a good player. Yeah. He's a very good player. But we can we'll have a dr- little draft preview before that before that happens. <laughs> but anything else before we uh, yeah. wrap this thing up, Matty? No, it should be a good weekend. Um, so far, birds get healthy, and looking forward to to talking about it next week. Oh yeah. Well, that'll do it. Everybody, thank you for listening. And like I mentioned, maybe the social medias will be up. So follow Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, ThunderBLG, and uh, of course follow the bullpen cart. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts. But for my man, Matt Stefano, I'm Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend, everybody, and enjoy the football. Fly, Eagles, fly, baby.